Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you doing? Doing good, Henry. It's a lovely day out here in the Bay Area. Happy holidays. Indeed. I am also joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how are you? I'm doing well. It is, it is definitely a great day in the Bay Area. Very, very nice day. Happy holidays. Yeah. Happy holidays, indeed. Yes, it is December 17th, 2020. We are nearing the end of the year, the end of an eventful year, a challenging year. And um, we're going to review the year. This is our year in review episode. Uh, so we're going to talk movies, we're going to talk comics, and we're going to talk television. Um, and, um, you know, normally we do do these type episodes, year in review episodes, um, and they're fairly informal, but I think today it will be even more informal. 2020 has been such a strange year, you know, um, release dates on movies and TV have been so skewed that, um, yeah, I think it wouldn't make sense to try to come up with like specific released in 2020 TV shows and movies um, because um, a lot of stuff has been delayed and whatnot. Um, so I think more informally, we're just gonna talk stuff we read and, and saw this year that you know was notable. And it can be, yeah, like I said, more of an informal discussion, yeah? Uh, so let's dive right into it. First off, movies. Uh, let's talk about some movies we saw this year that stood out. Um, how about you, Perfurio? You want to start with uh, some movie highlights? Yeah, so, yeah, the few that stood out for me when in the beginning of the year when we were able to go to the movie theaters and enjoy were Invisible Man and Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. And then after that, some of them that kind of, that I started watching online that just stood out were like the old guard. Um, That's the only way I could think of off the top of my head that I, I considered good that I watched right. online. Well, we can talk yeah. about those. I did see Invisible Man uh-huh. and Birds of Prey also. And Old Guard. Yeah, I saw all, all three of those. You saw all three. Yeah, and uh, I, I thought all three were, were good. Um, none of the three I thought were great, except for Invisible Man. I thought that was really solid. That was uh-huh. definitely one of my favorites of the year. Um. But yeah, you know, we should talk about Birds of Prey a little bit because it's really the only major 2020 superhero movie to come out thus far. I mean, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be like essentially the second of two major superhero releases this year, right? Um, But yeah, so far it's just Birds of Prey. I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, we're so used to having like like a whole crap load of superhero movie content to come out year after year. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But this year has been a big change. 
Um, yeah, in that context, how do you feel about that? Like for like a 12 month period, you get one major superhero release. Uh, how's, how's that been for you? It's been a struggle, man. Like it feels, it's like a dry spell. Like this is like the first year I have not seen like an MCU movie. Like I, right before we, um, uh, the podcast, I actually did watch new mutants, which we yeah. could talk about in a bit. So that's been my like only kind of new Marvel movie. But mm-hmm. this year has been the year for DC for me, which Christian, I'm surprised. Uh, uh, I'm sure you're happy that you're <laughs> oh, yeah. surprised that I, I, I actually say those words like, 2020 is the DC year for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, real quick on that. And when I was just sort of going through stuff I watched this year and trying to come up with, oh, what are the best movies I saw? And it's such a trip. Like uh, the last few years, for me, it was, it was so easy. I had a short list. I mean, last year, Avengers Endgame came out. Like, okay, that was, that was like my movie of the year, right? Um, but it was among like a whole bunch of great movies I saw that year, right? Um, and then like 2018, we had Black Panther. We had Into the Spider-Verse. Like all this great shit came out. Um, and this year, I was like struggling to put a, a short list together, right? Mm-hmm. And that, it's mm-hmm. sad. It's just sad in retrospect, right? Um, and, uh, it, it is, it's funny that Birds of Prey has really been the only major superhero movie to come out so far this year. And even that seems like ages ago, it feels like oh, it was no. like three years ago or something. Yeah. So, so even, even that one is just like, it's like a fading memory. Uh, so yeah, this is wild. Um, just real quick, Christian, how about you? Have, have you seen those three movies also? I've seen. Um, so it was Birds of Prey and Invisible Band. And what was the third movie? Uh, Old Guard. Old Guard. Um, I saw Old Guard and Birds of Prey. I did not see Invisible Man. Okay. We saw both of them together, Christian. We saw Birds yeah. of Prey in theater, and then we watched Old Guard do Zoom. Nice. Yeah. Um, from a, a big DC fan, uh, what were your thoughts on Birds of Prey? Curious. Um, Let's see. Like, uh, I thought it was all right. Um, all in all, I had fun with it. Um, uh, I I liked Harley Quinn. Um, Margot Robbie did a really good job. Uh, let's see. Like, so are we doing? We can spoil Birds of Prey, right? Well, all three of us has seen it, and it's been out for a while. So let's give a spoiler alert. <laughs> but uh, yeah, go for it. All right. So like the birds of prey were like kind of like an afterthought in the movie like like one of the last mm. lines of dialogue is oh yeah the other characters become the birds of prey and then harley quinn doesn't actually join them all right and it's kind of just like this like throwaway line at the end when that's like the title of the movie <laughs> interesting point but, yeah wasn't it like called something else like harley quinn or the emancipation something of harley quinn when if and then they had to like rename it so people can know that it was a Harley Quinn movie. I don't know. I don't remember. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm well, saying. Oh yeah. That's, that's definitely worth mentioning because um, the movie was not 
a big hit at the box office. And some people were saying their reason is because the movie title was too damn long, right? So I have yeah. it up here. The, the title of the movie is Birds of Prey, colon, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. <laughs> I mean, that's nuts, right? Yeah. Oh, man, so, then what, what, so what was it renamed after to then? Birds of Prey? I think it's now known just known as just uh, Birds of Prey. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's so But awesome. it's like it's like kind of too late, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's kind of odd to say that that's like besides one woman coming out next week that that's the best DC or best comic book superhero film we got out of 2020. It's Harley pretty, Quinn. It's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. And I know Perfurio, you're you're a big Harley Quinn fan. Um, but yeah, my take is uh-huh. a little more closer to Christians, I think. I did enjoy it, but um, it was, you know, it was just kind of okay for me. It had it had its moments, but overall, it's just, you know, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what about you, Christian? What are your movie highlights of the year? Movie highlights of the year. All right. Um, so uh, one one really good DC movie that did come out is Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. And the other one was that they put out this year was Superman Red Sun, which is a really great graphic novel. The, the animation wasn't so great on the movie on Superman Red Sun. Um, and it changed like a couple things, but overall, like, yeah, not bad. But Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, I think all in all, is probably my favorite like superhero movie of uh-huh. 2020. Nice. Because it's like, essentially, it's kind of that like nightmare, like kind of, well, I guess, you know, apocalypse scenario for the DC universe. And you kind of get a lot of these like final hurrahs in a way. Wasn't it supposed to be like the end game to like the DC animated series or something like that? Yeah. Because like... You know, the DC, like, Justice League films are in, like, their own, like, continuity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their continuity to, like, a bunch of the other solo animated films that DC's put out mm-hmm. over the last, like, 10 years. 10, I don't know, may or may not be connected. Yeah. But it was good. I, I was, I saw it. Um, Henry, have you seen it? I have not, no. Okay. Well, without giving too much away, I, I thought it was good. It was dark. I did not expect it to be dark and gruesome like how it was. I was totally shocked like the first three minutes. Very gory. (laughs) Um, Really gory. Yeah, not don't watch don't show to like elementary students but um, but it was good. It was good. Uh Uh-huh. All right. That, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I, I dig uh, hearing about a couple of lesser known movies. You know, I think uh, if you weren't with us, Christian, these probably wouldn't have come up. <laughs> so Red Sun and Justice League Dark Apocalypse. Um, good uh, deeper cut picks. I like it. Okay. So on my side, um, like I said, man, it was really hard for me to come up with a list of best movies of the year you know 
Um, so Perfurio, you mentioned uh, Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. That I thought was really good. Definitely enjoyed it. Um, yeah, uh, a really cool twist on on the uh, the traditional Invisible Man story. Yeah, um, turning it turning it into a like kind of a, a gas lighting uh, a female female abuse story. Right, mm-hmm. um, Elizabeth Moss is really great in it and uh yeah just just a really solid movie um not a movie that i would typically be like this is the best movie of the year though but this year (laughs) is definitely up there um a couple other picks um uh, there's a movie that came out just recently called mank uh the new david fincher movie on netflix it's a great uh biopic starring gary oldman great performance by Gary Oldman and uh, kind of a cool like old time uh, Hollywood feel kind of movie. Um, Another one on Netflix, the devil all the time, another solid movie uh, with Tom Holland. Mm -hmm. Um, Very dark. Yeah. We we talked about like stuff that's not for kids, et cetera. This is definitely in that (laughs) camp is very dark. And like, not only is it like, violent and bloody and scary but it's just it just feels like depressing and it's like uh the worst in human nature that kind of stuff you know um but definitely well done and pretty cool to see uh actors who are who are known for like superhero roles like like i said tom holland's in it sebastian stan is in it uh the new batman robert pattinson is in it um so they're known for being uh, these uh, heroic superheroes, uh, but to see them in this context is is pretty cool, right? Uh, in this very dark and bleak setting. Um, so th- those are three picks, you know. I, I think um, you know I highly recommend, but I, I, I you know I, I I can't say like these are. <laughs> the the best movies of any year it just doesn't feel right <laughs> they're just good movies that i happen to see this year and they came out this year mm-hmm. um it, it's just like i said it's just, it's just a, such a weird year um here's what i will say though and i have mentioned this previously i want to talk about the blade trilogy a little bit the wesley snipes blade trilogy i mean we're talking ancient history right now <laughs> in the year 2020 uh but um if you're talking about the the big movie highlight for me personally, it was revisiting the Wesley Snipes Blade trilogy. That was like the movie highlight of the year for me. Um, yeah, I don't want to go too long on it because I did talk about it quite a bit before in a previous episode. Um, but yeah, how it came together is kind of funny. Um, I watched Blade Trinity as part of uh, worst superhero movies ever episode. Um, that was kind of known as being like a troubled production. So I thought I might get a few laughs about it, uh, seeing how bad it was, but I actually enjoyed it a lot. So it led to um, our Blade episode or like uh, our, our horror uh, Halloween, Halloween Halloween episode, right? And then it's like, oh, screw it. I'll just watch the whole trilogy, right? And um, just uh, revisiting Blade 1 and 2 
and then having it be in close, close proximity to Blade Trinity and just kind of reliving that whole thing again and, um, and uh, you know, and, and, and experiencing Blade Trinity for the first time and enjoying it a lot. Um, that was really special. And uh, also in the context of knowing that Blade will live on in the MCU through Mahershala Ali, um, even that much more exciting, right? Um, so, yeah, you know, that, 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 that really stood out. You know, um, Blade is, is a pretty uncomplicated uh, character, at least the, the Wesley Snipes Blade. It, it's just, uh, you know, this year, just watching that kind of uh, straightforward action and horror entertainment was just very welcome. <laughs> you know, uh, it was a nice escape for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of a nice segue to TV because um, another aspect of the, the Blade trilogy I want to call out is that um, a lot of the content that I really um, was drawn to this year was stuff that was made previously, you know, old stuff like the Blade movies. And stories that are of like a past era so it might be newer content but it's about like before you know like like a like a, a past era right um so not surprising right i think a lot of people were in this camp you know um trying not to think of our present day situation right either you want to relive uh some cool stuff from the past that was made a long time ago, or you want to watch content that's about like a past era. Um, so yeah, I, I can start with some TV. Um, this one got a, a lot of buzz. The, uh, the Queen's Gambit, um, a Netflix show. Um, it's a new show. This is a 2020 show, um, but it was set in the past. And that, that was a huge uh, appeal to me, you know, Again, just sort of escaping our present situation and getting to see, you know, uh, the story of this woman from the past. And it is a story of triumph and, and overcoming obstacles. And um, it's beautiful to watch, too. Like, the sets are really authentic to the periods and the costuming is really great. Um, and, and it really uh, transports you to another time, uh, arguably a better time in this country, right? Um, so that was nice to see. And um, in that same vein, kind of what I'm, I've been saying, uh, not only have, been, have I been drawn to content about the past, but content that was made in the past. So a good kind of companion to Queen's Gambit, I would say, is the show called Mad Men. Have you guys seen Mad Men at all? No, I haven't seen Mad Men. I, I, I remember trying to watch a few episodes, but it was not, it wasn't clicking for me. Yeah, understandable. It, it's definitely a, a kind of a slow burn kind of show. Um, and if you do get into it at all, like maybe you never get into it. Like a lot of people just find it really boring. But if you do get into it, usually it does take you like several episodes. Um, 
and it's it's very like not fandom not geeky kind of thing so not really something we should dive too deep into on, on this podcast but i love the show it's one of my favorite all-time tv shows and it does have a lot of the same appeal of queen's gambit it has um beautiful uh period costumes uh the sets are really great it, it really transports you into um that era and with Mad Men, it's uh it's 1960s new york advertising agency uh setting and um really great really great performances i mentioned elizabeth moss from uh invisible man she is one of the leads in Mad Men, and she's really oh, great yeah okay. she's, she's 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 fantastic in in Mad Men. um and I and I, I did watch this uh, pretty early on in our shelter in place, and it it's like kind of like what I'm saying with uh, the Blade trilogy, like it stood out as a big highlight of the year. Um, yeah, same thing with Mad Men. I, I remember like it had to have been uh, like I want to say like March or April, like like I said early in the shelter in place. I um, I, I discovered that it was on Netflix. I had seen the whole. Uh, the whole series before, but I, I noticed they, they uh, had it on Netflix and um, I thought, Hey, what, what else am I doing? I'm going to just rewatch Mad Men. And uh, man, I burned through it so fast because I was totally consumed with it. And um, it was very comforting. Um, it, it, it gave me a sense of like, Hey, I think I can, I think I can get through this quarantine thing, you know? <laughs> so it was one of those uh, highlights for sure. Um, and real quick, um, I did want to call out The Mandalorian. A lot of people are talking about this show, uh, but season two, Mandalorian, is a 2020 show, and um, it is not quite done. I'm not going to spoil anything also, because I know Christian hasn't seen it yet, um, but uh, it uh, has one more episode to air. Uh, Tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's right. And then, or, or two hours, if you want to get specific. <laughs> there you go, in a few hours. Yeah, it is, it's, it's uh, about 10 p.m. Thursday night. Um, but yeah, just want to call out um, the greatness that is The Mandalorian. I did list season one as my show of the year uh, in 2019. And uh, season two has not disappointed Um I won't go into too much detail, but yeah, it is quality television. And um, if you're like me, uh, Star Wars movies are just, um, you know, are, are, are just kind of like, I, I, I feel a little bit like lukewarm on Star Wars movies at the moment, um, just because of some fairly recent disappointments like Solo and Rise of Skywalker. Um, but yeah, the, the, big, the big bright shining star with Star Wars right now is The Mandalorian. Um, I know there's a ton of Disney Plus content coming soon, um, but right now um, Star Wars fans can really um, take comfort in knowing that uh, they have something really special in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, how about you, Perferio? What was your year in television like? Oof, I watched a lot of television, a lot. Um, a lot of new stuff, a lot of catching up. 
Um, again, a lot of DC. I watch Titans, um, the Harley Quinn animated show, uh, Lucifer. Um, watch a lot of DC, but this year, I guess like like you, I found a lot of like comfort in Mandalorian, um, Star Wars, The Clone Wars. I will say though, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, because I just watched like all of the beginning of it, like the whole collection at the beginning of the year, just so I could watch it in time for the the last season. And I hadn't watched it before Mandalorian season one. Um, but. Oh my gosh! If you haven't watched Clone Wars, you need to watch it. Like, there's so many, so many references that needs that happens in from Clone Wars to Mandalorian that just makes the show so much better. Um, so yeah, definitely Star Wars was a big year for me, and then like just some continuation comic book storylines like The Boy season two and Umbrella Academy season two. Like that was some fun things. But I think this year for television, I have to give it off to the the very few Marvel content, which was Ages of Shield, the last season. Um, you know, I had watched it every year since the first season, and of course, the big Marvel fan I am, like, it was just like a sad, happy moment, like during quarantine. That's all I could. I had to look forward to was my only Marvel content, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., and to see it end the way it was, it was a bittersweet moment, but it probably is the show I have to give my hats off to for this year for my my show pick. Nice. Okay. How about you, Christian? So, yeah, when I think of, like, TV shows, things that come out, like, this year I was, like, much more glued to, like, netflix and things that were coming out on on like netflix like like big events almost seem to be like i think shows like reappearing on netflix that weren't on mm-hmm. netflix or haven't been there for a while like um cobra kai uh community and um avatar the last airbender nice and um Cobra Kai is it like it was it's like now a Netflix original but like I watched it when it was on like YouTube Red. It yeah, was like same the here. Show to promote YouTube Red. Yeah. And like Avatar the Last Airbender like because it's a show on like Nickelodeon it was like really hard to like find. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure, like what other streaming services it was like even on for like a long period of time until it came to like uh Netflix. And kind of like, oh, it like blew up again. Like, I had never like seen like a full like season. I always just kind of watched it like here and there when it was on because that's how you watch, you know, that's how you watch like TV back then. Mm-hmm. Like you'd watch, you'd, you'd tune in at a certain time and you'd watch whatever episode was, was playing. And like, it was probably like in the middle of the story or like they just play like the same few like filler episodes from season one. And so it was nice to like, I don't know, fully experience Avatar for the first time. And Legend of Korra as well, because that, that followed suit like shortly after. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for like, 
best new show to come out in 2020 that I've seen. Well, yeah, probably be The Boys. Uh, I did really enjoy The Boys season two. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I really need to get on Boys season two. I did enjoy season one. And um, I guess you guys aren't alone. I heard that Barack Obama himself endorses The Boys. I I heard he enjoys it. So (laughs) I really got to get on this. Cool. Solid picks, man. Yeah. Like I really like how you're calling out old content because I did the exact same thing this year, as you know, um, just revisiting old stuff. I mean, you're talking about, uh, last airbender. That's like a pretty old show now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a certain comfort in, in older content, like particularly right now. Okay. Um, yeah, we're buzzing through this stuff pretty fast. Any any thoughts on uh, movies and TV before we transition over to comics? Like, like since we're for both movies and TV, like since there was for me at least so much time to check out stuff I had always wanted to watch, I like tuned into stuff that people highly recommended to me. Um, some were good recommendations, of course, like Avatar, Korra, um, I guess. But there were just some that were just kind of huge letdowns, like Sabrina, the Chilean Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, uh, and um, what's the other one I'm trying to think? It's top to my ten. The Mulan movie, that was huge let it down on Disney plus. Um, so I don't know. Th- those were some of my picks that were just like, like everybody talking about, but like no hype to it. Lock and key on Netflix. Um, I don't know if any of you guys got the chance to do that. Like, like watch something that everybody talked about, but then watching you're just like, why is this big? <laughs> As far as like, I guess like new movies on like, say that came out like recently, that got a lot of buzz. I'd say Project Power was uh, quite a letdown. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I haven't seen it. What the? I haven't heard of it. So uh, it's like this Netflix movie that was like, uh, it was like a big buzz like over the summer. Oh wait, it was, no, like, wait. There's, it was Is... about the drug that you took, like that gave you superpowers for like oh, a few minutes. You're right. How can I say I haven't heard of it if I've watched it with you? Exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's when you know you've been watching too much TV. <laughs> For real. <laughs> funny. Oh my gosh. You're right. actually the one who like told me about it. <laughs> like the new thing on like Netflix is like the new yeah. thing that gets like a lot of buzz. Yeah. Yeah, you were totally right. I, I didn't think it was that good. <laughs> oh, God. If people can, like, see how f- red my face is right now, just from, like, <laughs> from, like, huge, yeah. Hey, as long as we're talking disappointments and low lights of the year, um, I did have one I was going to bring up. But before I do that, 
Um, I'm just kind of curious about Mulan. That was a movie that I was looking forward to seeing. And then, yeah, it got some negative buzz. And then I've just held off on it. I, I know it's on Disney Plus for free now. So I'll probably mm-hmm. watch it real soon. But um, yeah, Perfrio, uh, what, what, what are your specific gripes about that one? Yeah, well, so without giving too much away, like Mulan is my favorite Disney princess. Like that movie just holds so much um, sentimental value to me. Like it was the first movie I saw in theaters. Again, my fairy Disney princess. Um, so when I, when it was announced that they were going to make a live action for it, of course I was super excited and super pumped. Um, but like, it 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 just wasn't good. Like, um, like there was the it, there was no humor. There was no um, characters were missing. Um, the music wasn't great. It was, oh my gosh, like, it, it just didn't have the spirit that the original animated one did. Mm. And it, it was just, like, a big disappointment. Like, talk about, like, having, like, like, I don't even think for me to have, like, high expectations would ruin it, but, like, it just, it just wasn't good. I, I, I kind of just want to leave it like that. Uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Do you think part of it was that the original was so beloved to you? I I think it could be, yeah. Um, but again, like I I think like even if you weren't a big Mulan fan, I still don't see how you can pass you, you can enjoy it. Like, gotcha. uh huh. But that's just my take. Like I've heard people say that it was really good, so I guess I don't know. I guess the jury's still out on that. Yeah, although I have heard that sentiment, like yours, that it's kind of blah, you know, a disappointment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, onto mine. Um, you mentioned New Mutants earlier. I wanted to call that one out because. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me to call it a disappointment because, you know, there wasn't exactly high expectations on my end because I know it was a troubled production. It took them forever to release the movie mm-hmm. and uh, it got a very lukewarm response. Um, but, uh, you know, I was looking forward to it. Like, um, you know, I was, I was thirsting for some Marvel shit, man. <laughs> You know, like, uh, I have been waiting so long to see a new Marvel movie. I know it's not MCU, but, you know, these are Marvel characters, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I was looking forward to it after a long Marvel dry spell, right? Um, And I will say this, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, I didn't watch Queen's Gambit because I was like, I heard it was good or... Um, any of that. I, I watched it because I knew that the star of the show, Anya Taylor-Joy, was in New Mutants. So I actually watched Queen's Gambit as like a prep for New Mutants. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm, there are not many people <laughs> who did what I did. Like this is, this is a rare thing, but that, uh-huh. that, that's literally why I watched Queen's Gambit. And like, I really enjoyed it, like I said. Um, and that kind of got me pumped for New Mutants. Like, oh, this, this, she's great. You know, I, I love her, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't wait 
to see her as magic in uh, New, New Mutants, right? Um, so I went in, you know, kind of pumped. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's bad. <laughs> um, I know you've seen it for real, but yeah, you know, um, the premise is interesting. Like I kind of applaud their their efforts because they mm-hmm. kind of, they, they tried to make a, a bit of a mashup. It's like, like a John Hughes teen angst movie plus a horror movie plus a superhero team up movie. Uh, pretty wild, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I do kind of applaud, you know, them taking a bit of a risk there and trying to be a little different, you know? Um, but yeah, the, 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 the attempt I appreciated, but the execution was like basically an epic fail. It essentially failed on all three fronts. It didn't work as a teen angst movie. It didn't work as a superhero team up movie. It didn't work as a horror movie. The horror part actually, uh, I think maybe I'm being a little hard on. Um, I did like the horror elements in it. Or I like, I like some of the horror elements in it. Um, there are some, uh, some like nightmare uh, scenarios that happen during the movie um that are kind of cool like um essentially uh each new mutant has their worst fears come to life and um the fears that are drawn out of the magic character the anya taylor joy character um are pretty cool they're these like weird like demonic ghoul dudes who are like legit scary looking yeah and pretty cool i thought um that was kind of cool um I liked uh, Maisie Williams in this movie too, uh, AKA Arya Stark. Um, she's very likable. Um, I liked her performance. Um, that's about it as far as the positives. Um, like I said, it really fails like on all fronts in terms of working as any of the three types of movies that it, it tried to combine to make uh, come together, you know? Um, and maybe the, the main thing is is the ending like the ending i would say is like breathtakingly bad <laughs> it, it almost was like um i hate to say it but it kind of reminded me of the the 2015 fantastic four movie um that movie was was like not great but kind of held together until the end and then just like just went off the deep end um that's kind of what happened here um yeah, the, the, the final, the finale of the movie is like really bad CGI and really bad action. And uh, I think I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, not a great movie. Um, and definitely like one of my movie lowlights of the year. Yeah, for sure. I agree. All right. Um, any disappointments on your end, uh, Christian? Hmm. Disappoint. Um, let's see. Um, I did say I did say Project Power uh, was definitely right. like a d- kind of disappointing movie. Um, let's see what else. Um, Superman Red Sun. Like I said, that was just kind of okay. I guess it's a great story, but like not the best adaption. Um, which is which is too bad. Uh, a movie, though, I will say in 2020 that surprised me that I thought was going to be like hot garbage, but ended up like 
Huh? That went the opposite way. Was Sonic the Hedgehog? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that, like, it's kind of, you know, the whole thing about Sonic's face, you know, when the first trailer dropped and how he didn't look like Sonic. He looked really awful. And so, like, with that, the whole the whole movie, also, it's a video game movie. They're, they're all usually terrible. Usually, and yeah. Usually. Like, I think Monster Hunter just came out, and I heard that's not very good either. But mm. going back to Sonic, uh, that definitely surprised me. It was like, it felt like watching Jim Carrey, like, you know, like 90s Jim Carrey, like a return to that, because he plays <laughs> a bad guy, and he just kind of, you know, choose the stage in that Jim Carrey way. Yeah. Did you, did, did you say for the post credit scene for Sonic? Oh, yeah, I did. When um, I didn't see this movie in theaters, so I did skip to it and like, oh. it from my phone at the post credit <laughs> scene. And then, you know, you see him, he's got the big mustache and all that, and he looks like Dr. Robotnik from the game, and he's like collecting mushrooms. And then, oh, yeah, and then the other ones with like tails. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Equal, which I think this movie did pretty well, so it probably is going to get a, a sequel. Mm-hmm. Right. Like one of the best like selling movies of 2020. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep. <laughs> oh, real quick, funny story on Sonic. I did see that movie in the theaters with my son, and um, I got a little taste of my own medicine because, uh, you know, typically when I go see a movie, um, I'll be the one like explaining a post-credit scene to my wife. I'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know, that's Thanos," something like that, right? Um, but I got I got the tables like turned on me because during that post credit scene in Sonic, when we see like you said, Christian Tails, uh, I don't know who the hell Tails is, but my son's like that's Tails. And I'm like who? He's like Tails. You don't know who that is, you know. So uh, it was funny being on the, the receiving end <laughs> there. And real quick on Sonic, yeah, I I didn't really like the movie a whole lot, um, but I will say this. They really turned around the character design. Like, I remember that was like a big disaster, right? I think it was like the first trailer came out and people were like in disbelief how terrible Sonic looked. And um, I figured, you know, by the time the movie came out that there may have been some changes, but like how much can they do in like, I don't know, a few months? But I thought Sonic looked great. You know, they, they really did a great job revamping the character design, and I thought he looked pretty cool. Um, so props to that. And um, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of the movie, um, yeah, you know, that seeing that movie with my son in the theaters earlier this year is definitely, like, a movie experience that I would put on, like, my highlight reel of the year because... <laughs> um, well, A, it was watching a movie in a movie theater in 2020. <laughs> like, looking back, how many times has that happened? <laughs> like, not much <laughs> this year. Um, but also, my son did absolutely love it. And uh, he, he could barely sleep that night, you know. He was so excited. And uh, it, it's a very fond memory. And uh, uh, his, his joy from the movie, I definitely take, you know, took some joy out of that, too cute all right so we are a comics podcast so let's talk some comics um 
we're going to continue in the vein of of content that is not necessarily 2020 content, you know? Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Are there any cool comics you read this year? Uh, you want to start, Perfurio? Yeah, sure. So I got to read The Young Avengers. That was a lot of fun. Um, Young Avengers consists of like America Chavez, Wiccan, Hulkling, um, Kate Bishop, uh, and that was super cool seeing that and then seeing like the news of like last week of like all this marvel content coming up like yeah you kind of see here and there i feel like marvel studios is setting up for the young avengers eventually but um yeah that was cool reading that yeah, real uh, quick on that, I, I feel like Marvel Studios is testing the waters a little bit, right? They got mm-hmm. Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. Yeah. And they got, um, oh, uh, America Chavez, right? Uh, she's going to make an appearance in the MCU also. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think that it's going to be like, oh, if these characters catch on, maybe they'll introduce some more of these young Avengers. And yeah, maybe we'll get, we'll get the team up. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. Uh-huh. Uh, what else did I read this year? I read I read a little bit of Miles Morales. Revisited that. Um, read New Mutants to prep myself for the New Mutants movie. Um, Spirits of Vengeance, because so Spirits of Vengeance. It's like this like storyline of like these like supernatural like heroes like Blade. Um, Ghost Rider, um, Damien, Hellstorm. I got it ready during Halloween because that was the time to do horror stuff. But it was pretty good. Um, but the comic that was that I really enjoyed this year was Empire. Um, mm. I briefly told you guys about it. It's basically like these like two race alien races the Kree and the squirrels they've always hated each other for like since like the beginning of time or whatever but for like the first time they're like at peace with one another and not only at peace but in alliance with hulkling from the young avengers as the leader of this alliance and so everybody like all the avengers the fantastic four they're just like whoa like why are they like aligning up like why what's this bigger threat that's in the universe to kind of cease fire between these two um species that have always been at war and it is so good like every issue of that because i have it i have it as a graphic novel but every issue is like like think of like infinity war like how every scene is like major major thing like there's like the battle of wakanda the scene where like thor has to go build his axe um when like uh they fight thanos on titan like you know how like every scene has like its own like major um major uh what's the word i'm looking for build up and everything yeah like that's kind of like what empire has and it's just it's really i haven't read a good comic like that in a while so i really highly recommend it if you guys have not read it nice solid pick i'll have to check that out all right how about you christian any cool comics you read this year 
All right. So this year, um, I caught up on Ultimate Spider-Man. So the like original run of Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh yeah. Um, Brian Michael Bendis writes it, and like it's like this early two thousands like retelling of like the origin of the character and like how he meets like you know Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy, and like puts them like back in high school. And so, like it, which I think it came out like just right before uh, the first Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And one of the like one of the arcs in the comics is like Spider-Man getting a movie, <laughs> and, and the way it depicts nice. him and how he hates it. And like he gets in a fight with Doc, with like Doc Ock, and they use footage from of that in the movie. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, like it's been a lot of fun. It's it's fun like revisiting that kind of like that old Spider-Man that you kind of grow up with, and like see like it's seeing like the kind of little differences they make, even if it doesn't always play out. Like Green Goblin is like a huge like big green monster, other than riding the glider. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten to the part yet though where they do introduce Miles Morales. I'm still like pretty far back in years, but it's fun like going through it. Yeah, that series went on for a long time, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, definitely a long time before Miles Morales joined that universe. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I've read quite a bit of of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man too, and um, you know, pr- pretty good stuff. I definitely enjoyed a lot of what I read. Um, but I think maybe more importantly, um, I think that series arguably saved Marvel Comics, right? Like Marvel Comics was in deep trouble when they decided to do that. Like, um, like in the 90s, Marvel basically went into the shitter and they were in like heavy financial trouble, right? Um, and they got a real shot in the arm boost. Uh, through Ultimate Spider-Man, and um, I, you know, I got a, a similar sense reading reading that. Um, I didn't read them super recently, but I, I, I did read Ultimate Spider-Man in recent years, and I did get a sense that the the Sam Raimi movies are kind of in the vein of Ultimate Spider-Man. Like, the, like the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies feel more like the Ultimate Spider-Man books than like the original Stan Lee Spider-Man comics, right? Um, it, it, they have a certain feel to them. It, it, it feels kind of like those movies. Mm-hmm. So e- even more argument that like these, this series saved Marvel, right? Uh, because, you know, if comic books wise, you could argue that, but if there's an influence on the movies too and how successful those Tobey Maguire movies were, then yeah, even more so like they, Marvel was really saved. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, good picks. Um, any other comics picks, uh, Christian? Hmm. Well, another another one that I read was uh, the Winter Soldier. Ah, yes. Mm. Classic. Yeah. I have um, I have it, but I have not read it yet. Do you recommend it? I do recommend it. It is very different than the movie, of course. Mm-hmm. It has um. 
a lot of different beats and you know it's built it d definitely comes in like a different time in the the marvel universe than when it comes in the mcu mm -hmm. and um i think it comes right before avengers disassembled or after that somewhere in that time frame mm -hmm. and um it, it is really good it also goes through like the different versions of captain america and kind of what they're up to um, mm -hmm. Like there's a little side story in the middle with um, oh I forget his name, um, but it's kind of like his, what his last days are like. Mm -hmm. and, and uh, nomad, he, right? Yeah, nomad. Yeah. And how he's he's just like this man down on his luck, going for like what seems to be his last mission, and so like it really like it. I feel like it's almost like the story that really makes Captain America in a way. Yeah. And it brought a real sense of realism to the Cap character. Yeah. Like um, the, the, the Captain America we know in the MCU uh, is, is kind of a far cry from the original Captain America comics where he's more of a, like a propaganda figure than like a real person, you know? Um, and that Cap is really, like that started with the Brubaker uh, Winter Soldier, Captain America. Like, uh, I know the the filmmakers really drew a lot of the inspiration from from this stuff. You know, um, they wanted to make a real fleshed out person more than just a symbol, right? Um, and I wanted to call out too. Um, we had a, a trivia contest a couple podcasts ago, right? And Perfurio, you threw out the the question. Uh, what does the Winter Soldier say after Steve Rogers says Bucky? Yeah. Right? And the answer, which I was able to answer, is <laughs> who the hell is Bucky? Yeah. Well, yes, that is the answer. That's what he says in the movie. Uh -huh. But that is a direct line from this series that Christian just read, the Winter Soldier comics. Um, mm. And, you know, like we've been saying, uh, the Winter Soldier comic series is very different from the movie. It's 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 hardly like the same story at all. But they they did a, a, a proper awesome homage by throwing in that line, that exact line. Who the hell is Bucky? Uh, so that, that's pretty awesome. A little little Easter egg for Cap fans out there. Cool. 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 Well, Christian, so is there a favorite comic that you read in 2020? Hmm. Let's see. Um, it probably ended up being, I'm trying to think of like my favorite volume of Ultimate Spider-Man because I think that's what I, what I read the most as far as comics. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll say uh, it, it's the arc. There, There's an arc in Ultimate Spider-Man where... Um, there's like gang wars happening in New York at this, like there's a uh, hammerhead and, mm -hmm. and he's going after the Kingpin. And so the Kingpin and Spidey, like almost like kind of have to team up to, de to defeat hammerhead in a way. Cause he's too powerful. Mm -hmm. And the, in, in the comic, there's also the introduction of Shang-Chi. And I, it was like my first time like seeing Shang-Chi 
uh i wasn't i didn't really know even know it's a movie i think it was going to come out this year right shang chi and that's right uh, like the seven rings right the legend of the the legend of the ten rings ten rings yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and so it was really cool seeing him for the first time and so i think that would be my pick cool 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 right on all right, cool. Okay, so I definitely have some comics picks. Um, probably no surprise they're all Marvel. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, oh yeah, I read a lot of Marvel comics this year, a lot. Um, one is a series, I think I mentioned before actually, like mid-year I think I mentioned, but um, the Red Goblin storyline from Amazing Spider-Man, really great. That's, that's a new one, right? Yeah, well, it's newish. It's, uh, I think the run was 2015 to 2018. Yeah, you know, for relatively recent. Uh, Dan Slott was the writer and um, really cool. Um, the, the, the gist is uh, uh, Spidey takes on the Red Goblin and, and the Red Goblin is essentially a combination of Carnage and the Green Goblin. Uh, mm very dangerous villain you know one of the most powerful supervillains spiders spidey has ever taken on and he does need the help of all of his spider verse buddies and it, it goes through a lot of the history of spider-man mm-hmm. um you know all kinds of different characters from uh the entire uh catalog of amazing spider-man um and um yeah, it's it's really great in that it it, it kind of celebrates Spider-Man, like all the different characters and all the powers and and all the the themes, you know, um, really cool, like uh, um, pretty touching, you know, like just just reliving everything that Spider-Man is all about. Um, awesome stuff. Uh, another one I really enjoyed was uh, the Vision. This is a series written in uh, 2015 to 2016 by Tom King. Um, This one's pretty bizarre. (laughs) Um, I kind of feel like this is a pretty good prereq for WandaVision, actually. Um, The Scarlet Witch is not in it. I will say that. So it's definitely Mm -hmm. not like a straight up adaptation or anything. But it does deal with Vision uh, moving to the suburbs and trying to start uh, like a normal family life there. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of weird and unfortunate things happen to him. Um, And I I won't say too much other than that, but uh, it is strange. It's kind of disturbing at times, um, but really good, really good, really uh, um, engaging. And and I I was definitely like, I couldn't put it down kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, very very different from Red Goblin too. Like Red Goblin, kind of felt like um, like there's a lot of fan service with Red Goblin. Like oh, you get to relive uh, a lot of Spider-Man characters, and like there are a lot of different um, uh, of our favorite characters in in the Spider-Man universe would pop up. But with the Vision thing, it's like taking the Vision character and like taking him into like a totally new territory and it's, it's weird and different. So really good stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my favorite 
comic experience of the year is definitely reading Miles Morales. I know it sounds like both of you uh, read some Miles, um, but um, yeah, I actually, I pretty much caught up on Miles like 100%. Like I, at this point, I think I've read just about every single Miles Morales solo comic book. And there are a lot. Um, so I got through a lot. <laughs> um, but I have a definitive favorite. And that is uh, uh, the full initial Miles Morales run. So I'm talking about the first appearance of Miles Morales, Ultimate Fallout number four that came out in 2011. And then the full series that followed, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. So issues one to 28. Uh, so a lot of comics there, um, but it's great. It's so great. So um, like Ultimate Spider-Man, which Christian men mentioned, it is written by Brian Michael Bendis, um, the primary artist. There are a few different artists on the full run, but it's primarily uh, Sarah, Sarah Pacelli, who co-created Miles and uh, David Marquez also did a lot of the artwork. Um, really good stuff. Um, yeah. Like, I've been digging Miles for a, a while now, you know, particularly after seeing the interest into the Spider-Verse movie. Um, but uh, I kind of felt like with the comics, like, I love the character so much. Like, any, any comic with Miles Morales in it, like, I'll read. But I felt like up until fairly recently, I'd never found a, a series that was like this is it this is the miles series but i feel like this is it now uh, because <laughs> to me um this initial run really defines the moment he becomes spider-man and I, I think that's cool because um to me that's a really important part of the peter parker spider-man like the moment he becomes spider-man i think we talked about this a little before but the moment peter parker becomes spider-man isn't the moment where that radioactive spider bites him no like after the spider bites him what does he do he like he goes like goes to try and try to make money he doesn't try to fight crime he, he just wants to like get some money to to go buy like uh stuff to impress girls with right yeah. The moment he becomes Spider-Man is the moment when he realizes that uh, the powers aren't just for making money, right? Just to, to, to go join wrestling match matches, right? It's the moment his Uncle Ben dies, right? He, he, he realizes like, oh my God, like I have to use these powers for good, right? So for a long time, Miles Morales was like, okay, it's a it's a similar character to Peter Peter Parker, right? He's a young guy, he's a teenager, kind of trying to figure out his life. Um, and then his power set is very similar. He has some few differences there. He's got the venom blast, he's got the invisibility, but essentially we're talking about like the same type of superhero. But what when does he become Spider-Man? Like it's it's in this initial run, I feel. Uh so it's a little bit different than Into the Spider-Verse. Um, it's similar because it does involve his uncle Aaron, the Prowler, right? Um, but it's, it's a little different than a movie, you know? In the comics series, um, his uncle Aaron, uh, when he discovers Miles has superpowers, uh, he, he tries to kind of exploit him, not in an explicit way. He like, 
he uses him to fight crime, but kind of for his own purposes. Like, essentially, Aaron Davis wants to become the new kingpin of New York. And he's using Miles to, like, as, like, his, his, his power, as his, like, his, uh, his, um, his muscle, right, in mm-hmm. order to get things done. Um, and at first it's exciting, you know, like Miles is like helping his uncle out and, and he is fighting crime. Right. Uh, but he, he soon realizes what his uncle is trying to do. And, um, he loves his uncle and he's a young guy, you know, he, he's, he's like 13. Um, and he just doesn't really know what to do. Um, but he, he comes to the realization that he cannot, do this like he he has to reject his uncle because um he has to use his powers for good and and not for crime right um and it's a pretty powerful moment and like that really spoke to me it's like okay this is it like this is this is the moment for miles and it's cool it's it's a it's different uh than peter parker and um it's it's powerful. Like I, I I like the way that Bendis rolled it out, and it's not like um, the first issue. Like um, in the first appearance of of Peter Parker Spider Man, you get that uh, great power, great responsibility line, like right away. Right. Um, this one it took a while before uh, Miles came to that realization. Uh, so really good stuff, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was uh, it was uh, a big um, triumphant moment. <laughs> so highly recommend that that first Miles Morales run, Ultimate Comics Spider Man. All right, so not bad. We got through it. We got through the year. Uh, it was a tough year, but um, sounds like we got to check out some cool stuff. You know. Yeah. You know, like. Uh, uh, as many negatives as there were, and we uh, we still got to geek out. There was there were some yeah. good movies, TV, and comics we got to to enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this year, like the experience was just as good. I mean, like you know, we adapted to Zoom movie nights, which became mm-hmm. like almost like a biweekly thing between the the three of us um and that you know kind of like substituted for like movie theater um minute premieres but it was still fun like that sense of comfort and support and just geeking out about stuff like how we geeked about blade and godzilla and yeah um Infinity War, when, yeah, that was the first one we watched, Christian. So, uh, 2020 was an interesting year, but... Definitely was. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if anything shows, we can adapt, and we can't get through this, I guess. Yeah, adapt. That's a good word, because that's what we had to do, you know? We did what we had to do. Yeah. You know, like, oh, we can't go to the movies. Well, hey, there's this thing called Zoom. We can actually watch movies together in a different way, right? So yeah. uh just adapt and whatever it takes, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, um, tangenting a bit off of the Miles Morales stuff I had mentioned, um, I thought we'd finish on a, on, on a slightly weird note. I want to talk about the multiverse a bit. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into it. So a uh, little background. Um, after all my Miles Morales reading, I, uh, I got a little better acquainted with the Marvel multiverse. Um, the, the, the short and simple of it is the primary continuity universe of Marvel is Earth 616. Um, yeah, uh, 616 might be a familiar number to Marvel fans. Uh, there's a series called 616 on Disney+. Plus. Um, but yeah, that is the primary continuity universe of Marvel. Uh, so, you know, if we're talking Stan Lee's uh, creations, the first appearances of the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and Thor, you know, we're talking Earth 616. The ultimate universe is a different universe. That's Earth 1610. Uh, so that's where Miles Morales is from. So that's kind of where I got to know uh, that universe better. Also, uh, the series you mentioned, Christian, Ultimate Spider-Man, that's the ultimate universe. Uh, actually, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man is, is uh, where the ultimate universe first appeared. Um, and it's not just Ultimate Spider-Man and Miles. You know, th there's the Ultimates, the ultimate universe version of the Avengers, right? Um, but uh, adding on to that, it's not just these two universes, right? It's a multiverse. There's like an infinite, an infinite number of universes, right? It gets really complicated. Uh, why do I bring this up? Well, A, I love Miles Morales and uh, I want to talk about it. <laughs> Miles Morales uh, notably did migrate to Earth 616, the, the, like I said, the primary continuity Marvel Universe. Um, that was following the events of the Secret Wars series from 2015, uh, which essentially destroyed the multiverse. Um, but uh, the multiverse is not dead in the comics. Uh, it gets very complicated. <laughs> but uh, aside from all that complication, what, what I'm driving at is everyone's thoughts on this idea of a multiverse. Um, and I'll give it a little bit more context. Uh, so Marvel bigwig, Joe Casada, uh, he was editor-in-chief at one point, but he's, he's just this big head honcho kind of guy. He has notably rejected the terms Earth-616 and Earth-1610. Um, and he, the, the whole idea of a multiverse kind of turned him off, essentially. He was saying it's kind of a copy of DC who did the multiverse in uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths series. Um, and he thinks it's just kind of, uh, it's kind of weak. And he, he just kind of rejects the notion of it. He did acknowledge, okay, there's, there's the primary continuity and then there's the ultimate universe, but let's just leave it at that, right? But uh now what do we have we have the into the spider-verse movie which obviously embraces the multiverse 
there are a number of comics I read this year. There's the Spider-Verse comic series, the Spider-Geddon comic series. All this stuff really embraces the multiverse. If, if you guys have read these comics, if anyone has read these comics, there are like a zillion different kind of Spider-Mans. Um, you know, we, you got, we got a taste of them in Into the Spider-Verse with like Spider-Man Noir and Spider-Ham and Penny Parker. Uh, there's, a, there's like a ton more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so even though, you know, Joe Quesada has made these statements, it seems like now Marvel is kind of embracing the multiverse. And in addition to that, you know, the next Doctor Strange movie has a subtitle, The Multiverse of Madness. And uh, the next Spider-Man movie seemingly is going to delve into the multiverse too, because it seems like it's going to draw uh, different Spider-Man characters from different Spider-Man universes. So I guess the question to you all is Spider-Verse, or shall I say multiverse, a good thing or a bad thing? What do you think? So, like, I think a multiverse in the grand scheme of things, I think, like, it, it became, like, such an ingrained part of DC and, and Marvel, too, um, that it almost feels like an eventuality. Like, eventually you kind of have to go, you have to bring in different universes if you're going to do comic book movies in a way. And usually, like, a lot of times in comics, like, whenever they kind of mess with these multiverses, it leads to a retcon. Mm-hmm. Like, such as, like, you know, with DC, they have the New 52, and then there is Secret Wars with Marvel, uh, which I've, I think it's Secret Wars, you know, the, the more recent one that ended the Ultimate Universe. That's Secret Wars, characters. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Doctor Strange, I think it definitely fits, like, really, really well. And I guess, of course, we did have Ant-Man with, like, the Quantum Realm. That was, like, a bit of a, like, different universe. And Thor is, like, the Nine Realms uh, that you saw. And I guess it was mostly, you know, Thor 1 and 2. And so, like, you know, I like the idea of the multiverse. And I think there's a lot of possibilities with it. But um, they do have to do it well. Uh, do I want to see Spider-Man 3 be a Spider-Verse movie? Um, eh, not not really, actually. I, I really like the animated one. But it, I don't want it to seem like they're just, you know, they want the MCU to kind of to grab out of that. Like, let Into the Spider-Verse be Into the Spider-Verse. And, like, really bring Tom Holland in, in as his own character. I think a little more. Because in the last few spider-man movies you know he's so tied to tony stark Mm -hmm. and and he's like you know he's kind of like tony stark's robin and so yeah you know it'd be nice to have like a spider-man movie in the mcu that isn't so tied to to iron man where he really comes into his own first that's that's a great point because i feel the exact same way i feel like we haven't seen spider-man really shine in a solo kind of role um and if you flood this third spider-man movie with a ton of different spider-mans from different spider-man universes then yeah you're kind of taken away from that right yeah solid point yeah even in like far from home like i guess spoilers from far from home when have we, we've all seen that yeah um you know like 
the bad guy works for Stark Industries. Like the big plot MacGuffin is Tony Stark's glasses. Like Tony Stark, like you know, you know, he's definitely written as like kind of like Tony's protege. Yeah. And so I think before we bring in you know Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, which you know is a, is a cool idea. Like I'm on board for the idea, but maybe it's like a teaser or something or Spider-Man Four. Maybe that would come into Doctor Strange at some point like that kind of idea that you know of the different spider-man movies mm-hmm. yeah what do you think prefer you yeah i'm, I'm like 100 on everything you guys are saying like i want a spider-verse or multiverse universe within the mcu um and that's exciting you could do like endless possibilities with like character mashups team mashups um and it's really exciting with the Spider-Verse of introducing, like, old stuff, like um, Tobey Maguire's universe, like the characters from that universe and Andrew Garfield. Um, but there is just so much that could go wrong. Like, it could lead to, like, lazy writing. Um, yeah. Like, bringing characters back from the dead. Uh, it could lead to, like, when Christian was saying, like, too much. And honestly, yeah, like, I agree. Like, I, I just kind of do want to see, like, a solo Tom Holland film. Like, like his two films have been really too connected to Iron Man. Like, the first one, it was kind of, like, living up to Iron Man's standards. And then the second one was just kind of, like, living, trying to get out of Iron Man's shadow. Yes. Like, Iron Man was just too connected. And the... The third one just seems like Iron Man's not going to be in it, but like there's not going to be a chance for like Tom Holland to like let him shine on his own. Yeah. And as much as I'm excited to see all these like whether the rumors are not like like Tommy McGuire and Andrew Garfield come back for a Spider Verse movie, I just think it won't work. So on a solo film like it needs to be like its own trilogy not just a solo film and but if done well within like one division and doctor strange 2 like a build-up to all these like multiverse storyline i could see it leading up to something like a like um a huge event like how endgame mm-hmm. was kind of like with all the MCU f- characters coming together for like this like big like character like King from Ant Man three um, That's right, com- yeah. coming to be the big villain or something like that yeah um, something like that but Spider Man three is just too much I yeah but I'm for I'm all for the idea though cool yeah. Yeah, this is a pretty interesting one because I like what you said, Christian, about the comics. You kind of have to go into the multiverse with the comics because, um, you, you know, there's so much retconning going on, right? Like, I mean, there's there there have been so many crazy comic storylines in Marvel and DC where it's like, characters who died coming back to life or there's a clone or there's time travel 
um, inevitably you have to go to that like other dimension, right? Like it just, yeah, like it, it's, yeah, like it, it's just, it's just another way to do that retconning thing, right? The multiverse and, and, and yeah, there's kind of no way around it. Um, but with comics, like, I think it works. Like it, you know, it, it's cool. Like comics are so out there. It's like the, it's like the beauty of comics, you know, you can, do some really outlandish stuff, you know. Um, you know, if, if it's if it's done right, if, if the if the writing's on point, um, you can do these things. It, it's a beautiful medium, right? Um, so the multiverse in the comics, like, uh, yeah, okay. Some some of the stuff is a little overboard. Like I I, I read that Spider Geddon series recently, and it's it's a bit much. I mean, there are a lot of different Spider Man characters in there. Um, but like I said, uh, it can work in comics. Now, when we're talking TV and movies, I, I think it's a tougher sell there, you know? Um, like you were saying, Perfurio, like it can lead to some lazy writing, some like cop-out plot holes and stuff. Um, it's dangerous. Uh, and with the prospects of, of the third Tom Holland movie diving, deep diving into the Spider-Verse, like, whoa, like um, they kind of mentioned it in Far From Home, but then they just completely dispelled it by saying, oh, Mysterio is just like a fraud, right? Um, so there, there's really, there's really n no precedent of a, a multiverse in this current Spider-Man series. And if they go deep dive into it in this third one, like it might be just way too much. Mm -hmm. um, and I would go so far as to say maybe it could be too much in in the in in like uh the doctor strange and ant-man sequels like I, it just makes me a little nervous because i feel like what you can do in comics might not work in in movies and tv because it's just it's just too much there might be just too much going on and yeah like the the right the writing can get really lazy and sloppy um look um, they've already dealt with time travel. Like time travel is a thing in the MCU now, right? That was like maybe the one thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way with Endgame. It's like, that's how they did it. They, they just did time travel. <laughs> um, so time travel is a thing. And, and uh, the Ant-Man, uh, the third Ant-Man, they're going to deal with it more. It's called uh, what, Quantum Mania. And yeah. we know Kang the Conqueror is going to be in it. So time travel is going to continue to be a thing. So if time travel is a thing and the multiverse is a thing, um, it's just, it, it's, uh, it might be going a little overboard. You know, like um, what I was saying with the comics where you kind of have to go into the multiverse. Um, I don't know if you have to do that with movies and TV, at least not yet, because I think right now, they can continue to explore other characters. I mean, the Marvel universe is full of tons of superheroes and, um, and yes, they are doing that. You know, they're rolling out new superheroes right and left with this Disney plus. Right. Um, but uh, I, I would say, you know, to the people making these shows and movies, just be careful because you can go way overboard. Like, what I've really loved about the MCU is that um, it has this nice rooting in reality. You can really relate to these characters. If you really deep dive into time travel and multiverses, 
then you're talking like crazy fantasy land and and i don't know if i will be able to relate to the characters as much right uh so that that's my word of warning um i'm not gonna say outright like hell no to the multiverse dude i i you know like i said in the comics it 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 has worked really well and i would love to see it done right um uh in tv and movies um but i'm just a little bit uh a little skeptical and um i think that uh it will take some 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 careful writing and some thoughtfulness to be done correctly okay so i have a question for you guys uh yeah. going off of that um so what do you about this possible future with the multiverse so let's say 10 15 20 years down the line like the MCU, you know, they, they go through all their more storylines, more characters, more like trilogies for all the characters that, you know, we see going phase four and five and six forward. What, what do you think about them using the multiverse to essentially retcon and go back to the beginning, kind of like in the comics where they were basically they recast the Avengers and that's and that's the ultimates. <sighs> And things like that in order to like you know kind of reboot like like which we we do see with the movie trilogies you know with like amazing spider-man and batman begins mm -hmm. and, like you know um but essentially do that for the entire universe and you and consider that the ultimate universe i know perfurio has thoughts i'm hearing him sigh <laughs> over there <laughs> i don't know i'm just like I don't know, like, that's how you know you're getting old with this kind of content. <laughs> oh, that's why you're sighing. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I mean, like, I've definitely heard, like, stuff, like, not Marvel, but, like, stuff, like, what if, like, they rebooted the Harry Potter series or something, and then they do this whole new cast of Harry Potter, I'm just like, my gosh, like, like, I would probably be that old man being, like, screw this new Harry Potter series I'm an OG that's how I kind of feel about it with Marvel they were to like reboot it and recast like Captain America and Iron Man and all that kind of stuff I'd just kind of be like am I really done with Marvel like like I like this OG stuff that we've had and we've had for like the past 10 years like I'm totally cool with moving forward and introducing new characters and all this stuff, but to go back and recast an Iron Man because of a whole universe and everything, I'm just like, that's lazy writing. And that's just a cop-out for Hollywood making easy money. And as a fan, I would just, yeah, I think that's why I'm saying, because I'm just like, really? Like, you can't think of any new ideas. You have to, like, turn to something that's already been done something you know that works and you're gonna like appeal to who, a whole new generation that didn't grow up with seeing robert Downey jr as iron man you're gonna grow up with them as a whole other iron man and then i don't know that's how like i said that's how i know i'm getting old i guess with if they ever do something like that <laughs> that's a good point prefer yo although i mean look all this stuff we love, you know, 
it it has staying power you know like yeah you know, spider-man was created in the 60s you know <laughs> this character's been around a long time i mean batman you know we're, we're going way back right golden age um and it's inevitable that you're going to see reboots retellings all this kind of stuff right so that's that's a given yeah. um and you know i gotta be honest i really like what you just mentioned christian because i think that's the way to do it you know um don't do the multiverse now just save it until you actually need it like when did when did marvel go that route when they really needed it they were in deep shit right they're like what the fuck do we do no one's buying our comics anymore uh, we have to go back to our tried and true. We we got to go back to Spider-Man and we got to retell the story. And it was a brand new Spider-Man in a brand new universe, right? So right now, look, there is a plethora of characters that the MCU can explore, right? There's a whole lot of characters, right? The, 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 the recent Disney Plus announcements are just the tip of the iceberg. They could... They could delve into this for a long time. And then at some point, you know, when you're starting to consider like a Howard the Duck movie or something, then you might think, oh, okay, maybe we shouldn't think of that ultimate universe now, right? We really need it, right? You don't need it now. I mean, you haven't had a Miles Morales live action movie yet, right? So um, there are all these characters you can explore. Um, but uh, over time, you know, after, I'm not saying like in a few years, I'm talking like way in the future, you know, the next generation or whatever, um, start fresh with a new universe. Hell yeah, it could be pretty awesome, you know. Um, and by that time, um, people won't have this thought of, uh, of like, oh, I can only see Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, or I can only see Chris Evans as Captain America. You know, um, the time will have passed and uh, people might be game for a new Iron Man in that distant future, right? It's not like Andrew Garfield following uh, Tobey Maguire, like, what was it? Five years later? Not enough time, man. Um, give it some time. Then go the multiverse route. Problem solved. I like it. I like it a lot. Like, I think another thing about multiverses, if they wanted to, I guess, retcon. So, like, you know, when you watch Infinity War and, like, Endgame in particular, you kind of do see, like, characters continuing on from, like, several different movies and they're like in a much different state of Infinity War than they were in like Avengers 2, even though it's Avengers 1, 2, and 3, and 4. Like, you know, like those movies fit together, but there's, there's, sev there's several movies in between. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so do you wonder if there, there might be like a point in the Marvel Universe, say like when, you know, like it gets a little too big in a way. Like, in a way, they go to, you know, say, like, Avengers 6 or 7, like, 10, 15 years down the line. How far back do you think they can go? And, like, 
essentially like you know like it worked out really really well for endgame and you know infinity war uh, like to be like these like large epic movies that encompass 10 10 plus years but do you think they could do that with like tw the 20 mark and 30 mark and like you know even or like the 15 mark like do you think they'll get like diminishing returns in a sense yeah i i kind of think i kind of think maybe they've already gone too far to be honest because uh you know how i'm saying oh wait to use the multiverse until you actually need it i, I think it's too late i think they're already it's already happening um like this loki show looks pretty cool um but that sure as hell seems like an alternate dimension right like um, they they were kind of explaining it uh, with the uh, the ancient one, right? She's saying every time you do this little time travel thing, a, a different branch splits off, right? Um, that that to me feels like okay, that's another universe, right? Right there. So so the the Loki uh, using the Tesseract to to leave uh, to escape the Avengers and end up in this new TV show of his that's like another universe, right? And then um, it sounds like the Doctor Strange movie is going to go, you know, full bore into this stuff. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying, it just feels a bit much. And uh, I think it's going to get real messy real quick. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I was already a little bit, kind of eh, about the whole time travel stuff in Endgame. Like, I couldn't really wrap my head around it. Um, that's nothing compared to what potentially could happen with this multiverse, right? Yeah. I think what, like, kind of, like, really keeps, like, the first three, like, uh, what establishes, like, the core of Phase 1, 2, and 3, the MCU, that kind of gives it, like, this real cohesion is like that central character arc of Iron Man and Captain America as like kind of like the two like kind of centerpieces. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I think moving forward especially like Marvel's really going to have to we'll really have to see who's like the two centerpieces moving forward. Because Spider-Man of course is like with all of its you know issues moving between Sony and Disney with all the rights like who knows like that could be a, a centerpiece, but you know, he could not be. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I really can't see it right now. I, I don't see any focal point at the moment with the MCU. It seems all over the place. You know, they're they're trying all these different shows and movies, and um, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that may that, uh, go ahead, Rafael. Yeah, I feel like like two potential focal points pre Endgame, I feel like we're going to be like Captain Marvel and Black Panther. But of course, like with Captain Marvel, there was just so much hate because of the actress Brie Larson and, um, you know, because they were like really like advocating, like she's the strongest Avenger in the MCU and everything. But then like, again, a whole bunch of hate too. The character and then black panther the passing of chadwick bosman like who knows how that um franchise is gonna survive without him like how they what they have in store for that franchise so 
at this point, like you said, also Spider-Man, I don't know who I could see as like the two focal points um, within the MCU. Yeah, that's a really solid point. I remember there were conversations at one point that it was going to be Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange as like the new main characters mm-hmm. of Marvel Studios. They would be like the new Avengers, basically. But yeah, that, no, that's not happening because exactly what you're saying. Like the Captain Marvel character hasn't really taken off like a lot of people hoped. Uh Chadwick Boseman tragically is gone and like you're saying Christian that the 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 rights to Spider-Man are still really hazy and in the air Um, Marvel Studios cannot bank on Spider-Man as being their focal character moving forward they just can't they don't own the character they can only rent him out right Mm -hmm. and then obviously Doctor Strange has never been like a main character type, right? Yeah, so, like the for, forerunner for yeah, Marvel. Yeah. I mean, there are some characters who work really well as supporting characters. You know, I, I would say like Doctor Strange and Ant-Man would, would be good examples there. But um, yeah, it's a big question mark. They, they really don't have like, like go-to characters right now. So that's a big question mark for sure. And this... The only other, the other only other way I could see is going is like they, they shift the focus from Avengers to like X Men and Fantastic Four. But I'm thinking. Uh, but again, like that would have to mean like no Avengers for like a good number of years. I'd be okay with that. Like the Avengers have really captured the public consciousness. I'm fine with putting the Avengers on the shelf for a while. Um, the interesting thing there is, yeah, the X-Men and Fantastic Four could definitely come to the forefront, but uh, um, it's not going to be, uh, it's going to be a while, right? Yeah. They have announced the, the Fantastic Four movie, but I mean, when will we actually see that movie? It's going to be like a few years from now, probably. And then mm-hmm. the X-Men, even further out. So in the meantime, like, what's up? Is it, is it just going to be... Like a big free-for-all, you know? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. My guess is in the meantime, the um, well, if we see like they really do want to build up Cosmic Marvel and they're really going hard into Cosmic Direction the last few years. Yeah. So I think like the big faces moving forward will probably now be Thor and the Guardians. Because like, those, like, those are really like Thor Ragnarok and Guardians 1 really just showcase how large you know the universe can be yeah. or these like just such runaway successes that mm-hmm. before they can establish you know the x-men and the fantastic four i think they're really going to lean hard into the, mm-hmm. those characters even though i guess you know guardians of the galaxy 3 was also like a movie that was like very up in the air for a long time it's definitely mm-hmm. locked, locked more in now yeah but again, it's going to be a while. Yeah, that's going to be a while. Yeah, yeah. So. But that, that's a good point. Yeah, I could see that. Cosmic Marvel kind of taking the forefront. Um, I, don't know how, I don't know how I feel about that, though, because um, it's, it really sounds like we're getting into cosmic, we're getting into time travel, we're getting into multiverse. Um, 
that's that's kind of the the area of Marvel that I'm not as big a fan as. You know, I like the more grounded stuff like Spider Man, Defenders, Captain America. You know, um, and to say that okay, we're moving into like fantasy land. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, um, I guess as long as there are more street level content, I'll, I'll be happy. Like, you know, you know, while I'm watching Guardians 3, I can enjoy Moon Knight or something. Then I guess, you know, that'll shut me up. <laughs> and if, if there is so much Marvel content coming, I'm sure I'll be fine. <laughs> but But to have the focus be more on cosmic and and interdimensional kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. See how it goes. Well, the conversation took a huge turn <laughs> from 2022 to future of the MCU. Yeah. And beyond. And beyond. <laughs> In a big way. And not only this year, but, but future years and future dimensions, who knows what. Oof. Oof. Disney's like real long game plan. Yeah. 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 They're playing for the long game. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I've said this before, but with Kevin Feige running the show, uh, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to doubt, you know, this stuff too much, you know, we're in good hands. Yeah. And um, speaking of looking ahead, we talked about this before, but, um, our next episode will be uh, what we're looking forward to in 2021. You know, we've heard a lot of announcements. So there is a lot to look forward to. Uh, so, um, yeah, oftentimes we have our year interview combined with our look ahead. But, yeah, there's so much to look forward to next year. I think we can spend a whole episode chatting about it. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of streaming scene, streaming stuff, depending on how COVID treats us. Yeah. Yeah, a lot that got announced. And because, like, a lot of stuff got pushed back, mm -hmm. there's yeah. a lot coming out next We're, year. Yeah, like, we, there was a dry spell in 2020 for Marvel, but in 2021, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> you got stuff at home. You got stuff in the movie theater. Like, it's a lot finally get to see black widow after all this yes time. yes yes i know like i know black widow a movie i was, I was like eh, it's a marvel movie but now i'm just like black widow finally right. we've been waiting so long you know, we just can't wait now <laughs> yeah you know they actually had like the merch released for that movie <laughs> like it's crazy it's very unprecedented what has happened mm -hmm. uh, but yeah we'll leave that for next time with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry, Christian, and Perfurio.